Welcome to the Persuasion Pitch Podcast. I'm your host, Jess, licensed esthetician, makeup artist, and anti-MLM advocate. Before we get into today's episode, I do want to put out a trigger warning for SA. So if you are sensitive to that, then it might not be a good idea to listen to today's episode. I understand everyone's spiritual journey is personal and unique to them. These episodes reflect the experiences and opinions of guests. They do not reflect my personal beliefs. They are not meant as a critique or judgment. We are continuing the series on religious cults. And I am going to present to you Kristen's story. Born and raised in the Apostolic United Brethren polygamist sect. It's the second uh, largest sect in the United States of polygamy. Um, My mom was my dad's first wife of 13 wives. I'm her youngest of eight, and my dad had 23 biological children, which is really small compared small? to a lot of the very small, wow. <laughs> very small wow. compared to, yeah, a lot of um, fundamentalist polygamists. Like he was the leader for 27 years, and his council members probably had more children than he did. But he did marry women who came, who married him, who already had a bunch of children that he claimed a lot of them. Yeah. See, I have Um, one child and honestly, I cannot fathom (laughs) having more than one. So when you, (laughs) when you say small, I cannot imagine. Um, Yeah. That's, that's a lot of children. (laughs) A lot of children. That's a lot. Yes. So we were told and taught, taught from birth that um, we would live polygamy or else it was a do or die kind of feeling. You're going to live it so you can get to heaven or you're going to not live it and go to hell and or be destroyed, be damned. And so we just grew up with that mindset and it was something you do or don't. It's And most people, even in still that believe that, think it's a choice. And of course, we were told it's a choice. And uh, of course, it's not a choice in the sense that it's coercive. You do it or else. And when uh, my husband married the second wife, um, who was my second cousin, I smiled and I was happy, supposedly on the outside and put on this big French show smiley face like you see everywhere. And um, inside, I was dying, brokenhearted, right. devastated. And yet, I was really proud of myself because I was doing what I believe God wanted me to do and, you know, pulled it off well. And so, everybody around's watching to see if you'll behave and if you'll do it and, you know, do those things appropriately. And it was crazy making. Yeah. <laughs> Just, this yeah. is all you knew, right? So, you grew up in, you know, in this environment and all you knew. So, you know, when you are within this organization, do they tell people like women to stay home with their kids to, you know, like not get an education or do like, are the wives normally at home with the children or do they go out and work? That varies in different families. When 
my mom, what we, the preference is to stay home and raise the kids, but there's no way that most men can provide for their families. And most men and families are on government assistance completely and or dependent on that too. There's just impossible as we know to make ends meet as it is. And so the encouragement would be, uh, hopefully you could, the women could stay home and that would be the best and ideal like 50s, 60s when that was the woman's role and make the food and serve your husband and behave <laughs> and raise the kids. So yes, that was the belief system, but it got to be the point over the years and even now that it's pretty much impossible. And so you have women leaving their children with, I had, my sister wife left and went to work. She had, uh, we had six kids right in a row. I had a kid, she did, I did, she did. And I was raising them plus my three teenage kids. And it was, it was insanity. It was just crazy making for me and for the kids. It was, um, the ratios of that is just, it's just disgusting. And yet we, you know, she had more skills. And so she went to work and was the one who could make more money than me. Right. And, and yeah, that, <clears throat> and, and we still needed help, government assistance. Right. So that's pretty crazy. Of kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, I personally, I cannot fathom, you know, my husband having another wife. It's, I, I cannot, I don't know. Wow. I just, you know, but this is what you're told. This is right. You know, this is how you are going to get into heaven, right? So, oh, yeah, it was a belief, uh, definitely a belief system, uh, fundamental Mormon. That's mm-hmm. where that FLDS comes from, fundamental Latter day Saints, okay. even though that would be a different group. But um, that's where the belief system came from. We were fundamentalist Latter day Saints. We believed in the Mormon doctrines to the max and figured we were living more of those laws and being better supposedly than most of the LDS people because we, because Joseph Smith said, you do this or else. And so we did, that's what we believed we should do. And yeah, the husband sharing thing is just heartbreaking. It's like uh, one of the justifications were that, you know, most men like to step out on their wives or they're going to have mistresses or whatever. And this is the way you know, for them, and also that we're supposed to have as many children as we possibly can. So it's supposedly to save women from becoming prostitutes. And I mean, it's a bunch of BS, totally. Wow. Um, Yeah. So bring, bring them home, basically, you know, instead of um, stepping out on your wife, just bring them home and have kids with them. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's intense. What, like, when did you start questioning like this maybe is not normal or you know like did you question anything or like when was the time like how long were you married before some red flags started to go off and you was you know started to realize that this was not the the way that you wanted to live I always questioned I from the time I was little I remember um just always thinking this doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem right. It's too hurtful. My mom's always crying. Uh, I was the youngest and a girl. So therefore I was home and doing, you know, the housework and the dishes and my role and more so than my brothers, my older sisters were already married. One at 13 was married off and 
the other one at 14. And yeah, so we. um, This wasn't that long ago. Not very. (laughs) And this, and she was married at 13. She, That's... my sister married into the FLDS. She was encouraged to, that's another long, long story, but she was encouraged to marry the guy she had a crush on. I mean, if you remember, I th- I was 13. I had crushes on every guy that came around practically. Yeah, but... that's one year older than my child, than my son. And oh, yeah. That's my yeah. baby. So it, she was it's baby. insane. I married at 17 and... <sighs> That's and when my daughter was having her 17th birthday party, I looked across the room and I just started, <laughs> I lost it. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, we were, I was a baby having kids right? and, and let alone at 13 or 14 and so forth. And yeah. <clears throat> so I, um, Mary, I, I just always questioned and it was just so hurtful. It was hurtful to my mother and the other wives and to other women around me and to uh, my children to her children, it, it was crazy making. And yet, so that's why I call it miserable happiness. We were miserable living polygamy, mm-hmm. all of us that I saw everywhere. And I still feel that it's that way. You just shut down your feelings and emotions and you have to behave yourself. Women are not allowed any, any, any feelings. I would never make it. Oh, I would be kicked out so <clears throat> fast because I had a mouth on me. And I will say it, I am not one to sit down and shut up. I can tell you that. So to I be think seen and I not agree. heard from, no. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. I think that it was our upbringing because those of us who got out had to have some kind of inner feistiness to do it. Right. And or you just think and you do what you're told to do. And I did it for so many years because I believed it. But I had a husband who was not as... Oh, what's the word? He um, he wasn't as chauvinist as so many of them are. I and we so I think he and I may maybe would have made it. I mean, had I not, you know, had we not done the polygamy and had all the children and all the rules and so forth. And he was a pretty good guy. And other than the temper part, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's a big you know, part. <laughs> you can, yeah. Um, anyway, there's so much to say, but. I questioned everything always. And then when I finally decided that I was out of here and leaving was when the, there were two men on my father's council, priesthood council, that two or three, another man in the group that I couldn't stand in the AUB that made, just gave me the creeps. And it came out later in life that they had been raping and molesting girls, their children, others, many it was pathetic. And then I found out as time went on that there were a lot of victims besides me. And it, it, it just became disgusting. And when I left, 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 I mean, it took me a long time to get out because I quit believing before I left the family. You know, we, I raised, helped raise my sister wife's kids <clears throat> and I loved them, adored them, still do. And I loved her and we had this family. And that's what a lot, what you see or hear happens too, is I, there's quite a few people who decide to stay together, even though they don't believe in it any longer because they've created this family together. And so that dilemma went on for years and years. How do I stay? And when I don't believe this anymore and how to make it. And then another woman came along and helped shove me out the door because there's no way in hell 
that was going to happen with my permission. So um, <laughs> another long story, but uh, yeah, I was, I thought I'm out of here, out of the family. I was already out of the belief system for quite a while before I divorced and went on my way. Yeah. I mean, this is all, you know, people know whenever they are in. So for them to probably not have any resources to get out and, you know, probably know where to live, no way to make money sometimes, um, you know, and they are surrounded with people who are helping them, even though they're miserable, you know, like, what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? And who's going to help them? I cannot imagine how hard that must be, you know, to, you know, to just leave. I mean, it would be, especially with children, you know, and they'll have children. So, you know, what about education? Are you guys, do they like just discourage you guys to like go to college or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, we, my, I wanted to do a hundred thing, thousand things. Um, you know, I wanted to be a geologist and a pilot and all, and on it, I had a list a mile long of things I wanted to go to school and learn, but from the, but I knew that was never going to happen. My job in this life, my role in this life was to get married and have a whole bunch of kids. And we were supposed to have as many kids as we could possibly have. And so that was the plan. I never even imagined I could go to school or get a, now my dad did encourage us to get at least a high school degree, but that wasn't the way it was in every family. And again, things have changed over the years. Some people do get educations and, and some women are making good money for families and they've, it, it varies. It was definitely more strict like everything else was for women back, back when, you know, and the times have changed to a great degree, but some are very strict. The women are going to not have any education, the men too, because, and in fact, this fear, and I remember my dad saying this, the fear is that if you get educated, you'll leave. And I can't help but feel like that is absolutely true. The more yeah. that I was learning and the more I was finding people on the outside, you know, that were supposedly wicked and evil and mean people, so then I, I realized how much I'd been lied to. It wasn't really true. And so, and women can, men and women can leave, but it's so crazy hard and it can be easy for some, not, it's never easy, but easier. And it can be insanely crazy, terrible for others and all the way across that gamut. Right. Yeah. And so you wrote a book or many books, right? Well, I wrote the first one and the publishers kept cutting. <laughs> they were LDS publishers and they kept cutting oh, it and wow. cutting it and cutting. So the second one is just the first one with most of the stories put back in. Not all, okay. but most of them. Yeah. Yeah. And the so, second one's called Uncensored. <laughs> it's Uncensored okay. version. Wow. Yeah. So you so you live in Utah and you know, Utah is notorious for um, starting up because my podcast is about multi-level marketing companies and I do see a lot of the connections like the love bombing and you know how people are just in it and like you know the brainwashing and you're surrounded by people who love you you have like your tribe you know you're it's, it's comfortable to people so leaving has to be so difficult I know it's difficult for people who leave MLMs as well 
and you know so obviously you do still have family and friends that are you know in this religion not many i I mean i have tons of family that are still in very few are i very very few of them are friends in the sense of hanging out um out of my dad's 23 biological kids but seven of us have left and so a third and little but um yeah it's really difficult because they believe one way and see me especially as writing a book and speaking about the harms of polygamy that then i'm considered evil by most of them or do at least doing evil things you know so yeah yeah i mean it it's wrong to me i mean it always has but i can't even fathom it you know but it's illegal to to legally get married to more than one person right so they they say it's you know your wife but you're not legally married to these other people right no it's really crazy for me the more i've left and the more i found out and the more research i've done myself it's kind of hard to even call any of these women wives or married uh, right. it's very difficult to me to consider this a marriage or you know a wife and many of the women who aren't even treated as wives and back to there's gosh there's so many things we could talk about but as far as these mlms i all of us bought into that stuff all and the love bombing i remember one in particular that my daughter got into with her husband and and they were really doing well and they were treated royally like you said i mean i've never seen so much love bombing i mean even my daughter was pregnant and the ladies that were under on top on what they call that the higher level above yeah. them were they threw them this elaborate bait her an elaborate baby shower and bought things that she would have never had or we'd never had money for and and it was unbelievable and i remember just being in awe and then of course she talked i'd already been in several and gotten out of them because they didn't never work. They never worked for yeah. me. But it, but like you said, it's a Utah thing and it's a very, very, very fundamentalist thing. I mean, yeah. everybody thinks they're going to get rich quick. They're going to join these MLMs and every, and it, I've never seen it work for anyone yet. And yet they keep on going and going and going and going with them. Yeah. And yeah. so my daughter talks me into doing this. And and the only reason I did it was for her and her husband. And then I remember going to these big meetings where everybody gets all hyped up. Yeah. You feel like, oh my God, and you cheer, you do all they these get, Yeah, they get that adrenaline going. Yes. But, yep. You get the feeling we're all gonna make it, we're all gonna be successful. Yep. And it didn't take me very long before I thought, oh my gosh, this is the same kind of um group thing you go to church and you get supposedly all hyped up and then I'd go home and and the reality hits it's like there's no and you're never good enough in either one ever in either one you can never make it (laughs) right you can never make it yeah statistically 99.7 percent of individuals according to a study with John Taylor um they lose money or they make nothing at all within these companies so the ones at the tippy top they're definitely making it off the backs of people who are losing it 
And, um, and I did not know this before until recently that you are the aunt of, um, Christine Brown, who is on sister wives. Yes. And I, one of the, one of the sister wives is with LuLaRoe, um, an MLM that sells the leggings, Mary, you know, the yeah. crazy patterns and stuff. Yeah. Mary is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm sure that she has a upper hand in recruiting because people are like, oh, I want her to be my upline because she's on a reality show. You know, so that probably oh, happens yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, it makes me sad. She might be doing well because of that, but yeah, I don't. It is know. sad. Yeah. It is sad. She has that in, in connection. So, yeah. Yeah. Now I have definitely looked into Warren Jeffs. Sick man. Sick, sick Absolutely. Man. Disgusting even. Um, so with your um your church, so didn't they break off into like branches? Yeah. Uh, originally after the LDS church did what they called the manifesto, which was forcing them to do away with polygamy mm -hmm. it, and the first time it was 18 I, if I remember right 1889 ish mm -hmm. and uh, the government was really cracking down on the LDS church and saying you have to do away with polygamy or you're not going to have statehood and this will not happen and they said you know basically kept pushing they kept living they pushed it for a long time and then in 19 I used to know all these dates really well, I think they've just kind of brainwashed or out of my head. Um, so in early 19, I believe 19, nine or 10, somewhere in there, then the church, LDS church said enough is enough. And they started, or excuse me, not the LDS church, the government really started threatening them with taking away land and property and everything else from them if they didn't stop. And so they had the manifesto and a second one which was the final one. And yet they were still setting apart men to continue to live polygamy on the side. So they did. That's our downline, you know, of, of um, men living polygamy. And so, in fact, my grandfather married my grandmother um, on my dad's side at, right after that. And he, it, one of the LDS church apostles married them in Mexico. And this is, there's many, many, many stories like that. So they continued to do it secretly for a lot of years. And it just got out, that went crazy because they were told to have as many kids as they could and da, 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 da. Yeah, so that's then, a lot of government assistance and someone's oh, paying for that. They owe like, you bet over all the years, thousands and thousands of thousands. Oh, I cannot of even imagine. I yes. cannot. So Warren Jeffs, was he, do you know, like, was he over like your... So I'm in, in history, I'm trying to real go, go real fast, but basically uh, most of the fundamentalists hung together after that. They were just supportive in it. And you might call it all one big group or one big church. Mm -hmm. And then um, after, after the years has gone on, you get men who claim authority and they have the power and they have, and there were breakoffs. There were all kinds of men claiming authority. Some who said they had it, some, you know, they're, and there are many now. Originally, then it broke into the two largest ones, the FLDS, which is the one Warren is still leading. And the yeah, behind bars, may I add. He's leading yes. behind bars. Yes. Wow. Yeah. 
So those are the two main ones, but there are many, many smaller groups of people who claim authority, men who are, want power, money, and wives and sex, and that's really most of what it's about. Yeah, and you know, I go off of, I mean, I'm Christian, and my audience knows that, and I learn to go off of the Bible, and this is the one book, you know, and nowhere in the Bible does it say that a man should have multiple wives. Absolutely. And, and I believed it. I didn't read the Bible, but we were all told that, in fact, when, when I married, when we married the second wife, I, they used the terminology, the law of Sarah, and they call it that, the law of Sarah, giving another woman to your husband to have children with, right? And I, I always believed what I was told that this was about, according to the Bible too, that God did command according to the Bible. In fact, if you read Joseph Smith's 132, 132 section in the Doctrine and Covenants, he claims that he asks, supposedly asks God um, about how, why polygamy or how polygamy should, could be lived as according to the Bible. And so I'm believing this all my life. And then when I left, I kept, I found out from Christians, this is not true. This is not in there. There's no way it was ever commanded. And I'm like, oh, should have read the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is all you knew. So, um, you know, when you left, did anyone reach out to you saying, you know what, like, I want to leave too. I mean, how can I leave? I see red flags. Can you help me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, in 20, I believe it was 2013 or 14, I started a coalition, my husband and I just got so sick of, I mean, the more I spoke about my book and the more I talked, the more people were coming, telling me their stories. And, um, I, and I thought mine, mine is nothing compared to the heartbreak and the sadness and the horrendous things that have happened. And so it was then that I thought we have to do something different. We have to help. We have to speak to these issues. So I started the Sound Choices Coalition to do that, to speak to the harms of polygamy and advocate for its victims. And we try every day as much as we can to make that happen. We were, when we first started, we were trying to actually do the groundwork. Now we're more of a informational resource, R&R, &R, resource referral kind of thing, mm -hmm. and trying to help people get money for uh, education, money mostly for legal purposes to get their children right. um, to have uh, counseling therapy is very, very much needed. Women, especially women when they labor, well, that's not true. Men are too, but women are thrown under the bus. The kids belong to the priesthood. And when they leave, they men will gather families, even their own mothers will gather with the religion and throw the person who's left under the bus and try to keep their kids away from them. And this is so, so common, it's unbelievable. So that that's our goal is to be able to help more in those areas. Right, yeah, that's awful. Especially like being in your area, like it makes me wonder, like do some judges that order the, you know, like that don't get their, like the moms, their kids back, like are they part of this organization too? You know what? There's so many that are infiltrated into the systems. Uh, fundamentalist believers, men 
and women that are so infiltrated that you don't even know who you trust anymore to go to for help. And I can't help but feel like a lot of them, there's, I, I know some are for sure, but I, there are many I'm even curious about and wonder about. Um, we had Mark Shirtliff defend a, he was our a, a AG, Attorney General in Utah for, gosh, terms, three or four terms. And he would always tell us that, well, we don't have any victims that, were, that are brave enough to come forward. You know, we know things are happening, but we don't have any victims that will do this, which is a, a possibility. But when they were, when we were told, when we told them about all the horrible things that were happening, they just ignored it. Oh, well, we don't have any victims. And then he had a victim come forward while well, he was out of there. He was charged with a lot of things. He, many things, got away with all of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. He, they let him off on the, on the charges. And he's a lawyer, so he defended. So we have a girl who was beat up by her husband from head to toe, bruises everywhere. She looked like she'd been run over by a car. And he defended her husband who beat her up. Wow. And it, it's a perfect example of, in my opinion, about Utah mentality. There's no separation of government, of church and state at all. Right. And most of these people, including him, have fundamentalist polygamist heritage. And so they have to protect that. And the LDS church, to a great degree, still believe in plural marriage, even though they may not live it right now. Last year, two years ago, they decriminalized polygamy here in Utah. So it's basically a parking ticket or a slap wow. on the hand. Yeah. Wow. And we're literally... <laughs> We're in 2021, almost 2022, and just a couple of years ago, they were just like, okay, well, yeah, that's, you know, this, this type of thing needs to make national news. They need to be put under fire, like for the man that, you know, abused this woman for him you know, not I, to. You're so right. I fight, even now I'm fighting tears because this is. The norm there's so many girls and her husband her they have all the money to fight and she has nothing she has no money no resources had no education she had oh 16 gosh. kids um she's pretty much on her own trying to make ends meet every time she goes to get the kids they he's turned them against her made her out to be this horrible evil person which is what happened to me and many others and um I was lucky my kids were grown enough that they pretty much left before I did but she's got little ones who won't and family who won't even speak to her they went on television on the news station here and said that she was lying and and that's that's insane because we were all taught to lie it was like uh, lie for the lord you know, you can say whatever you need what? to say to protect polygamy. Yeah, it, that is absolute fact. Wow. That many of us were taught that over and over and over again. Yeah, that is so sad. Like, this needs to go to a national, even international level, you know, because this, I cannot even imagine these poor women, you know. I mean, that's their children. Like, <coughs> um you don't really see 
my, like at least in my area you don't see like if let's say that a couple gets a divorce most of the time the children are going to go live with the mom you know as long as they can provide a roof over their head and they're not abusive the children live with the mom it's a very very rare that the children go live with the father like if the mom's you know strung out on drugs or something like that and even if she is they will give her a chance to go to rehab and get better and then get her kids back. So for them to just automatically put the children with the men, you know, it's so different from what I've ever seen. Well, here's the deal. The men have the houses, the men have stability, the men have income, and the women who've been booted out or, la or left don't have anything. They don't even have a roof over their head. They don't have, most of them don't have the educations. Uh, I would definitely you brought that up, but most of them don't. She was the stay-home mom. She was the first wife, and then when he got another wife, and she started feeling sad and jealous and and drinking a little bit to cover up her pain, which is considered evil, and it just gets to be this vicious cycle. Right. And uh, it it's horrible. And how many women have left with nothing, and their husbands and their families turn on them, and so the judges go. Oh, she's a, a <clears throat> they, <clears throat> excuse me, um, she, they're told all these lies about women and, and, and she's, it's just hopeless. It, she's feeling so there's, she's not alone. This is just one incident right. that she feels so hopeless. And for the first time, tell me, tells me a month ago, she was feeling suicidal and it's just uh, her, her kids all turning on her because of so this bad. insanity. Right. And and now that Utah's decriminalized, believe me, there aren't judges who will look at it as being illegal or a crime or anything. And so the women have even less um, power in that. Wow. Yeah. So if she was married to him legally, because she was the first wife, he yeah. should have to pay, you know, spousal support. Some states have alimony, other states have spousal support. But, you know, and whatever, like, she should be entitled to whatever is half yeah. of his. And that's yeah. just the way it should go. So, you know, he should be paying her. That, I mean, that's just insane to me. But then again, like, she doesn't have the funds to have a good attorney, you know, whenever they get the divorce. So they just let <clears> it There go. you go. Yeah. yeah. And there you that mm. has to change. That has to change. Um, that's absolutely ridiculous. Is there any type of anywhere like someone can donate to help provide legal fees to these women? We are, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, on, we have a website that needs to be updated, but, um, and we need some good volunteers for those kinds of things, but we also have our Facebook um, where we tell stories, we're writing about donations, writing about what we're doing. There'll be a new look on in January, but um, yeah, that's what we do. We accept donations to try to help with these legal fees and counseling and therapy and wherever possible and however possible. And the t another tough part is finding lawyers who we trust, <laughs> going back to that again, Yeah, lawyers who can help and will help and hopefully there would be more people on it that were pro bono who could care and help these women who really understood 
that that they believe they believe the lies they believe the stories they believe um you know like for this gal to have started drinking to help with her pain that oh she must be a bad person she must be she must be yeah and instead of looking at the whole picture of well well he just brought home a, a girl a young girl he's married her or not even married but call it that he brought home the <laughs> his prostitute and I hate to say that word because these are victims too another right. girl but in her house in her yard in her you know and 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 this happens over and over and over again and yeah so, I mean <clears throat> it's awful I mean there is an option if it can be funded to have an attorney from out of state yeah they come in and you know go to court um, with these individuals so let everyone know they needed yeah for sure they needed yeah where can people donate i want to know where people can donate to go towards legal fees i mean if there's like a gofundme that someone can do like anything to help you know all of these women out on on our website uh, which is soundchoicescoalition.org and on our facebook uh, page which is sound choices coalition there are two donation places there where people can donate to this yeah to these great causes we also help we uh, send a percentage of our funds we don't take anything none of us are paid where yeah. everybody are volunteering our work our hours for the stories for everything we're trying to do and mm-hmm. there's um well, I lost my thought. I apologize, but where wherever the oh yeah, we do donate to those who are doing the groundwork and helping there too. So that so for an example, if kids need clothing or we pull together funds for them and or take things and you know like Christmas presents, gifts, and any way we can to do those things on the ground, Absolutely. walk somebody to school, you know, make sure tutoring and things like that yeah yeah for sure and i mean if my listeners even if it's a dollar you know anything that you can spare to donate to help these victims you know it's just it goes so deep you know it's so deep you know it's very, just very uh, deep yeah there's just it, so much <clears throat> into it you know like they don't have the education or they don't have the financial stability to leave and if they do leave then they risk not having their children and then they risk not having a place to live so it's like damned if you do and damned if you don't you know yeah very good description yeah it is it really is tough we have um some really amazing christian groups here in in utah too that are doing the best that they can do as well and um they're they're also sometimes thrown under the bus for what they are trying to do. And I get both sides of that. The, the tough part is that those of us who have left were, re- you might call spiritually abused, religiously abused. And so many, when you leave, <clears throat> you, you're like, ah, don't even tell me that. I remember when I left, I didn't want to hear the word God or prayer or faith or you know any of the terminology because that's what I grew up with that ended up being ruined me you know I don't that's the wrong word but just 
it, it turns you off from that. So it, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so what you, what happens is you have people who feel that way. I'm that I am like totally in the middle of I'm comfortable with where I'm at. I love where I'm at. I, I'm not there anymore where anything religious drives me nutty, but yeah. <clears throat> but I get where so many are leaving and need that love and compassion without feeling pressured in to join Mormonism or Christianity right. or become a Muslim or you know whatever that might be and right. so yeah. that's why we're here so we can try to do be the balance you know just get well and then decide what you want to do yeah I mean yeah. every one of these you know they, they, they need help it does not matter if someone is agnostic or atheist or it does not matter because it's just it's the right thing to do is to help these people without an ulterior motive like okay i'll help you but you know i'm going to recruit you to my church like that's there you go that's disgusting yeah. that's absolutely exactly. disgusting it's like they're preying on them oh they just you know maybe we can help them and then like bring them over to our church like that's that is not I guarantee you that's not what God wants you to do. Who am I to judge? But I don't see, you know, Jesus being okay with that. I just don't. So, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot because, because those of us who've left, many of us have felt that way, that it's a pressure and that um, you are not valued anymore if you don't claim and do what they want you to do, become baptized in that church or whatever it is or those that are helping and i'm not saying that is all of them by far and it's not everyone by far but there's a lot of that so i appreciate what you said yeah for sure and i mean that you know and i'm gonna leave everything linked you know like where you can get your book at and you know what i actually ran across a news article when i was look i googled your name and it said that you were at some festival and they were like, okay, you can't promote your book here or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like... That's a Utah thing. I had been <laughs> uh, selling my books and mostly just because I love to visit with people and meet people. I and mean, it wasn't something, it was more for fun. So I'd go to the Saturday market um, at Tuacon here in Utah mm -hmm. and sell my books there. And I'd been there for I'm going to guess a good year and a half to two years. And I, and I'd have fundamentalist people walk by and try to stare me down or give me the evil eye. And one girl in her prairie dress stood there and tried to tell people that I was lying and my book was evil. And, you know, it was just funny, really. Your prairie dress. <clears throat> and, yeah. um, but then I knew that it, I don't know how I should say new. I just kind of started feeling suspicious when a lot of the fundamentalists would show up and try to just do that, like they were going to harass me, they, just by standing there, you know. And, right. And it wasn't very long. I was driving home one day, and they called and said, uh, "Kristen, we can't have you sell your books here anymore." And I'm going like, "Well, why?" Um, because we found it's not child friendly. And it was really what was funny is I, at first I was devastated. Well, then don't have your can't. child read it. Like that doesn't even make, oh my gosh. No, I, it, it does have some things in there that children shouldn't be reading, but right? I certainly wasn't selling it to children. In fact, there was young girls that would, or boys that pick it up. And I 
I'd say, no, that's an adult, you know, it's for adults. And when you're 18 or your mom could tell you, you know, right. and, and it was, what was fun is I sold more books from it being banned from there than because <laughs> it got in the news. And then another fun thing that I probably motor mouth, but guys and girls that were protective of me and were very sweethearts, they'd say, well, there I'm, I'm banning the one around me because I saw a turtle, these rock turtles, there was a turtle sitting on top of another rock turtle and that's not family friendly. And I'm banning because around the corner there was a swastika and I'm banning that one. And you Oh my gosh. Them. Oh, they were cute. They would just make comments like that about banning people for what they were yeah. doing out there. Yeah, and it puts you in the news. So yeah, you sold more books. So you know what? The attention that, yeah, helped. It was I miss being there because it really was fun to go out there, but it was it, it happened the way it was supposed to, I guess. Right. Yeah. Everything worked out. Yeah. 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 Do you do you ever think you're gonna to like leave Utah? Oh, I wish I I we would have my hubby and I moved to southern Utah and we would have we did want to move you to out of not Utah. the same husband that had another wife though. No, no. My okay. hubby, my oh yeah, I'm the best man in the whole world. Okay. Just wanted to make that <laughs> no clear. offense to any other man, but <laughs> he's precious. Um, yeah, we've been married well together almost 13 years and he's just yeah the light of my life but we, our kids are here and our grandkids are all here yeah so we stay yeah yeah I wish you could just like move them <laughs> me too <laughs> I do too because I mean I understand it's hard to move and like your life's there and your family's there and it would just be so hard to move but you know it's just being surrounded by corruption basically has to be so freaking hard i think um, it's getting more and more diverse here in utah but it's still very 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 the dominant religion right. to, and they still run the, the and make all their decisions for sure yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, like Utah looks beautiful and I've never visited and I always wanted to, but I've always thought if I do, um, I, I don't want to be like surrounded by, by like Mormonism and like people trying to like recruit me to their church and into their MLM. You know what? You can visit. It is gorgeous here. That's another thing that we love. We're really close to the Grand Canyon to Zion's Canyon to Bryce. I mean, really the furthest is Zion's, um, excuse me, the Grand Canyon, just two hours from us. And yeah. we, and it's gorgeous. And I don't think you would feel that way. I don't think people are going to come out of the woodwork and it's like, I can't hold my mouth. I'm not yeah. going to sit there and shut up like the wife does and they're mm -hmm. like they're used to. I will definitely say something, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, they, they probably would hardly even talk to you. Anybody would avoid you unless you approach them first and then they might still not. So okay. it's, I have to restrain I don't think myself. You, yeah. I don't <laughs> think it, what, what you feel is just what I feel is just the overwhelming judgment you feel it you don't the um camaraderie and the friendship is so far and few and distant unless you are part of that so right. it's not like you're going to be run run people are going to just run over to you and try to convert you or yeah or bombard yeah. you with that with even mlms right. either so, yeah 
Well, that's good to know. If anyone listening wants to read Kristen's book, she is only asking for $5 in order to pay for shipping and handling fees. Her Venmo is at Kristen Decker. Just leave your address in the notes. My heart truly breaks for all of these women that are trying to leave this organization. Thanks everyone so much for listening. I do appreciate it and I hope everyone has a great rest of the week.